Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Satisfied with the Sigglers. You're, you're supposed to congratulate me. We've officially uh, gone past the hobby stage of just having one episode. Oh, well, this could still crash and burn. I'm still <laughs> waiting. Um, I, I don't know. This could be... Could be your new thing. It could be our new thing. I feel like it'll be good for... You know, just documenting things. And considering in the last few days you've told me save it for the pod every single time I try to talk to you, so... Yeah, maybe that's not the best for our relationship. So I'm just... I'm only allowed to talk to you when we're recording for you might need to, You might need to come days. closer. They can hear me. Okay. So, anyways, this episode is going to be all about my healthcare experience going through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. And the I don't good, know, the bad, and the ugly. The, uh, there's not much good. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really important topic to talk about. I don't think, you know, women always get the chance to speak about their experiences in having a child. And I definitely didn't know what to expect going into it. And I have a lot of thoughts coming out of it. Um, do you have any... So if uh, other women who are going through this hear this, is this going to scare them about what's to come or just to prepare them for the I mean, I hope this isn't the norm everywhere, but I have a feeling it is. I think, you know, everyone that I've, my friends who have been pregnant and had babies recently have also not had super great healthcare experiences. And I think that speaks to an overall healthcare issue in our country. I mean, we talk all the time about wanting to move to... Europe just for you know the healthcare benefits. So yeah. well, the the cost of it at least. Yeah. yeah. But okay, let's get into it. So let's. Where do you want to start with this? So, uh, I remember I was lying right here. Uh, I had no idea you were even taking a pregnancy test. Yes, you did. Did I? Okay. Well, I kind of thought it was a joke. You come walking in, you drop your jaw. I think you're still joking and. Sure enough, you weren't joking, so now, what, a year and a half later, we had a little baby? Yeah. But that's where it started. Guinevere was, um, as we like to say, not a mistake, but a surprise. Yes. So it was it was really a lot for us to, you know, soak in at the beginning, so. So those I, first couple of weeks were. Yeah, those were some tough couple of weeks. So as that leads into the healthcare stuff, I. You were convinced that it was not yeah. right. You took like. 10 different like mm-hmm. over-the-counter tests mm-hmm. then you went to your primary care physician and like basically demanded a blood test and they're like well i wanted to be like told by a doctor that i was pregnant because i the only symptom i really had at the beginning was that my boobs hurt <laughs> and i was like oh it's probably just my period or whatever and i think i tested i i don't even remember I think I had I had missed my period or was about to miss my period. So when I tested, I think I was about like five weeks pregnant, four week, four or five weeks pregnant. So I went to the doctor. I went to my primary physician. And all she did was literally, I just did a urine test, which the is the exact thing. same thing as the test I took. And I asked for a blood test and they were like, no, it's not really necessary. I was like, okay. So that was probably like my, you know, I wasn't informed of like, if you, it's very rare to get a, false positive pregnancy test 
but in my brain, I was we were not not in a place where you just wanted to pregnancy. be told that yeah. yes, I wanted it to be like officially. Like here we go. Like a healthcare provider said, you are having a baby, because it was very difficult for us to wrap our minds around that. Um, she was nice. It's the same doctor I've seen since, I think twenty twenty. I started going to her because I basically um, get when you yearly physicals became an adult. Yeah, basically I graduated college and my employer had like a, if you got your physical, you got like a And you had to designate your primary care physician. Yeah. So I've seen her, I had seen her probably like twice before this, twice or three times maybe. And she was nice. Doctors literally like never remember you, which is kind of annoying because, I mean, I get it, but it's um, frustrating if you're trying to like connect on a level with this kind of situation. Um, and I will say that she did kind of connect with me because I was like, I think she could tell I was kind of freaking out (laughs) and I was like, okay, like we're having a baby. And she was like, I think I did mention like, yeah, this is like an unplanned pregnancy. And she said that she had a similar situation when she was in residency, you know, to become a physician, um, her and her husband had an unplanned pregnancy and it was, I don't know, she was kind of very reassuring that yeah, it's not always, like, part of your plan, but, you know, and it's, like, the best gift you're ever going to get. So, that was my first healthcare situation with, um, the baby. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that was my first experience, and then I scheduled an eight-week, you know, appointment with and OBGYN. So that was another thing. I, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and it was like I didn't know which OB to go to. Like there's so many. There's like different groups. There's different like midwives. There's, you know, a million different places we could choose to go to. I think I honestly just stuck with my, we see um, Mercy One providers for my primary physician. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go with this OB group that is affiliated with that so it'll all be connected I would think and so it was just random that I chose it and we went in I think I was eight weeks when we went in for that OB appointment they usually don't see you until eight weeks so that's kind of most people most people don't go see their primary physician they just start with an OB at eight weeks um I remember we had an ultrasound at that first appointment all of my ultrasound techs were like super super nice and I think something I've even before I was pregnant just I think I've always had better experiences with nurses and nurse practitioners and I think that's kind of across the board yeah (laughs) which is so sad because it's like those physicians go through so much more training and you would think that they're you know have better patient care than they do yeah they're just on to the next patient yeah I don't know that's definitely how I felt for a lot of it Um, But at that first appointment, yeah, my ultrasound tech was super nice. I had a lot of questions, obviously, as a first-time mom. And this was one experience when I had a bad experience with a nurse. I think she was a nurse. But I was asking her, like, all these questions. Just kind of minimizing your... Yeah, well, and I was asking, I think, I remember I asked, like, oh, like, can I still use, like, laundry, like, booster beads, like, you know, the stuff that makes it smell good, and she was like, oh my god, like, you don't need that, da 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 and I was like, well, you could have said that in a nicer way, like, you don't have to be rude about it. I don't even know if it was, like, related to 
your pregnancy at all. I think she was just minimizing, like, yeah. the fact that you were using them, just in general. No, I think that's what like, it was, just too. your lifestyle. Yeah, I was like, this isn't about that, but... Um, I will say that uh, we... So, we got married in 2020. The height of COVID, we had to push our wedding because of COVID, as, you know, a lot of people did. And because of that, we didn't ever get to go on our, our um, ideal honeymoon. We were going to go to Europe in 2020 and we didn't end up being able to do that so as soon as we found out i was pregnant we were like okay like this is our chance we need to do this before we need to do this like right now as soon as possible i found out i was pregnant in march of 2022 and we knew we needed to go in april because your brother was a senior in high school he was gonna be in soccer and you know have all those senior events that we didn't want to miss out on. Yeah. So we basically had like a month to and figure out. We didn't want to go in the summer when it was super yes. busy or in the fall when you were super pregnant. Exactly. So. Yeah. So we literally had you know one month to figure out and plan a whole trip to Europe. So I told the nurse that and I was like, "Am I gonna be okay to travel? Like, I'm at this point I hadn't been super sick. Super. I don't remember actually. I think you were horribly sick. It was like it kind of hit you. It was probably right after this, yeah. Because she said that they could get me a prescription for Zofran because I was going to Europe, and thank God she did because that drug saved my life, like before, during, and after. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think we could have gone on that trip without it. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, I think I was sick. I think I was sick at like six weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then the Zofran was like kind of our like okay if I don't if I don't get a drug or something like we're not gonna be able to go because it was like three weeks before we were supposed to be leaving and you were super sick yeah and at that point we were like there's no way we'll be able to go no I think that's what I think that's what this was yeah and then it got to be about ten days before we were supposed to leave and you're like okay like the drug is helping you're feeling a little better in general so we're like okay like we don't need to cancel anything Mm -hmm. let's like you know finalize all of it yeah and we went yeah we went had a great time i wasn't able to enjoy any um italian wine which was very sad we went to london venice um the amalfi coast we stayed in sorrento and then rome and it was great and just in general like you were probably less sick on that trip than any other time during pregnancy. Yeah, I think, like, being out of my own space and, like, the worst thing about pregnancy for me was, like, especially right away, was smelling food, like, in my kitchen or knowing that it was prepared, like, in my kitchen. I don't know. There's so many weird things about pregnancy. I just need, wanted to, like, eat out every meal. Like, I had a lot of McDonald's. You just gotta do what you gotta do. So I was like, well, like, obviously we're not gonna be cooking on vacation. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we got back from that trip. I think I was about 11 or 12 weeks when we got back. Probably. Because we didn't tell our parents. Yeah, we didn't tell anyone. And so we got back. We told my, one of my friends and her husband, because I was like, I have to tell someone, but I didn't want to tell our parents right before we were about to leave for Europe because I didn't want them to be like worried about it. Yeah. Um, so we waited till we got back. But yeah, we got back and then... I had OB appointments every four weeks until I was 20 weeks pregnant, which I think is pretty standard. Um, and honestly, I never had a like super great experience at those OB appointments. We actually ended up getting more ultrasounds than yes. the standard person because 
the nurses could never get like a heartbeat, which was always mm-hmm. scary when yep. they like struggled and struggled and struggled. And then, yeah. Okay. And then I oh, will get an ultrasound just to be sure. And then, okay, sure enough, there's old heartbeats yeah. still there. I forget at what point they told me this, but I had an anterior placenta with Gwen, yeah. which is essentially when the placenta is in front of the baby. So it, it's harder to find a heartbeat and other, you know, metrics because the placenta is blocking everything. Um, so that was honestly super nice that we got those extra ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. I probably had about five ultrasounds total, maybe. Yeah. Which is a lot more than most people have. I think like, most people have two. Yeah. The mm-hmm. eight-week one and the 20-week one. Yeah, and then you never see anything. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so crazy that I think my last ultrasound I had was at 20 weeks. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what and, Unless you go to, like, a yeah. third party or something. Yeah, I was like, that's insane. A like, lot of people do, like, the 3D scans, mm-hmm. which... We didn't end up doing that, but I was just appalled that, you know, you stop having ultrasounds at 20 weeks. Like, that's yeah. halfway through the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And, like, after the 20 weeks, too, is, like, I don't know, a lot of growth and... Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's, I mean, literally halfway through the pregnancy. Uh, yeah um they well they they do a lot of those ultrasounds to check a lot of the development i think at 20 weeks most of like your primary organs i know but they can't tell anything by just like checking a heartbeat it's like oh like is your baby alive or dead like that's essentially like what that doppler is yep you know and that's horrible oh my god and yeah at those appointments i didn't have a, a single doctor that i you know i had a super great experience with because it was a rotating group, so we... Mm-hmm. I had a different doctor every time. And yeah. honestly, I don't think it would have mattered if I had the same person because we eventually ended up switching to a different location with the same group. And I had the same doctor multiple times, and it was still not great. Yeah. I had one doctor that I literally asked her... Or they, they asked if I had any questions, and I was about to say, yes, I have questions. And then she, she was like... She, like, interrupted you halfway through. And be like, okay, no questions? Great. I was like, okay, like, I guess I won't ask them then, like. Oh, yeah. well, it's just, they really try to push you out. But, like, that's it. not okay. Like, especially as a first time, like, we're first time parents. It's like, we have all these questions, like, we don't know what's normal, like, you know, just for, like, all we want is to have, like, our daughter be safe and us. T- and especially, like, the first time you're there, they say, like, oh, yeah, there's just, like, so much information out on the internet, so, like, here's a few packets that can help. But it still doesn't. No. It's not all encompassing. No, and, like, I want a physical person to tell me because there's so much conflicting information. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my, the doctor that I ended up switching to that I saw multiple times in a row, I would ask him questions and he would literally just start responding, and it was very obvious that he didn't even listen to my question because he would it, just talk it, in circles. It he didn't. Would have a... It didn't match up to anything that I asked, <laughs> yeah. and I had to repeat my question. Then he was like, "Oh, she actually wants me to answer her question." Like, yeah, that it was, was the whole ridiculous. point of it. I was. I remember walking out of that and being like, "What the heck?" Like, why just do happened? I even? Why do I even come here? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, another thing that was weird was that. I only had my belly measured. I don't know the technical term for it, but you know, they have the tape measure and they put it on your belly to, you know, measure the growth. They only did that. I think maybe once or twice. Yeah. And I was talking to my mom about that and she was like, that's crazy. Like they did that. Like every single time she went to the doctor with like, you know, when she was pregnant with me and my siblings in the nineties. Yeah. 
and I don't know like if that's something that's different now, but my other friends who have had babies said they measured them every time too. So I will, let's just say I will not be returning to that group. Um, if I am fortunate enough to have another pregnancy. Um, and I also was told I had high blood pressure at multiple appointments, but they didn't tell me to do anything about it. And that will play into, um, some stuff later, but I don't know. That was kind of odd that they were like, yeah, it's high. Like, okay, well, how do I fix it? Like, yeah. they never gave me any insights into, like, you know, how to get it to come down. Because that's really important in, during pregnancy. Yeah. Like, high blood pressure is very dangerous. Um, well, I was also very swollen during uh, the course of the pregnancy. Like, looking back at photos, <laughs> it's it's insane. Like, my nose, I think, is about three times as big as it is now. Yeah, and they never really, like... They just kind of brushed it off. I was like, yeah, like, I'm super swollen. Like, I know that can be, like... A sign of like preeclampsia and they never you know looked into that at all they just didn't they don't care no it was very much just like they're and they're there to you know get your you know your, your money payment. yeah literally and then get you out because i was fortunate enough that my insurance covered literally everything up until the birth but you know the insurance company still pays for it so and at one point you had tested positive for covid and mm-hmm. like it wasn't anything crazy like um, yeah, I think I was about 32 weeks. But st- they were still just, like, so nonchalant. Like, you called yeah. them to say, like, oh, do I need to do anything? And they're like, oh, just call us if your symptoms worsen. Or if you have a fever. If, yeah. And I did end up having a fever. So then you called again. Mm-hmm. And then, and it was, like, I think you had to call, like, the after hours number. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like, at night. So it ended up being, like, a doctor that was on call. And eventually you he answered the call after, you know being on hold forever mm-hmm. and they said oh what are you testing for your fever and you told them they're like okay like yeah that's pretty high but uh no they were literally just like no, th- so rude no they said yeah it's pretty high but uh i guess just call if it gets any worse or if you feel any worse and and if it does just go just go to the er so it's like okay what was the point of you telling me any of yeah, this they literally just told me like they're like yeah you're fine like just take tylenol and i was like at that point I was like literally like tearing up and like almost crying because I was like I like I don't know like we don't we still don't know like how dangerous COVID is for pregnancies and yeah you know babies and I was just so worried that that like this was gonna hurt her and I'm, they like, just getting, reassuring I'm like getting I'm like getting emotional about it because I oh they just, they just I just want my daughter to be safe and they don't care and at they all. didn't care <laughs> like. I, yeah, I think I ended up calling twice, that after hours number twice, because my fever was getting worse, and they, you know, they didn't do anything. Again and again and again, they said, oh, just... Like, you're fine. Like, (laughs) okay, well, am I fine? Like, you don't know. I, yeah. So there's that. And then I also, we thought we both had strep throat. Yeah, it was some sort of bug. Like, about a month before she was born. So, (laughs) we went to urgent care. Because Um, that's what they suggested. Yeah. And we were there for literally, I think, over two hours. Yeah. Just, like, waiting around, and then we waited in in an actual exam room forever. And then... It was a fun day. I don't even know if we saw, like... I don't know the difference. Um, We are not physicians or healthcare professionals, so I don't know exactly all the technical terms. But I don't think we saw an actual physician. I think it was, like, a... It was a nurse practitioner. practitioner, yeah. Yeah. And 
she was just kind of like pissed off and was just like trying to rush us out of there I'm like which I get because they were busy but like we waited there for two hours and you know we needed to have our concerns held and I was like I'm pregnant like I don't know how everything affects everything and I don't know it was just very you know similar as the rest of the experiences I had and then starting at about 37 or 38 weeks um so at that point we're going weekly mm -hmm. yeah so we went every four weeks until 28 weeks and then I went every two weeks until 36 weeks and then I went every week until after that yeah after that until I was induced you yeah um, so I think at like, yeah, like 37 or 38 weeks, I started seeing a midwife at that same group, which I wish I had seen her the entire time yeah. because she was so much better than all the other doctors I saw. She answered, Absolutely. she answered yeah. all my questions. She was very friendly. Um, Cole actually was when we were in the first appointment with her, I think I was, yeah, you know, 37, 38 weeks. So that's three to f two weeks before being due with our baby. And he was like, um, can you check like her position like we didn't know we if, she... no if she was breech if we were like look like on track for a c-section yeah. like and at that point like people know people generally get tested for this mm -hmm. for, and like, like weekly for babies don't necessarily move that much at, that late so in the pregnancy because point. it's so hard for them to shift and we had no idea no one had ever looked at that or told us that and she checked it for us and was like yeah she's head down it's like thank god but like we wouldn't have known and i'm so glad you asked that oh my god i'm just like so frustrated how the um yeah they worked we out got lucky in the end for yeah i wish we had seen her and from the beginning and honestly i think with the next pregnancy if i have one i will probably try to see like a midwife or a midwife group yeah because like even though like a doctor has to physically like deliver you like they Doesn't don't they matter. don't do anything it's like who cares i would have rather had my nurse like deliver the baby in every, hospital. everybody ends up saying that too. yeah um so yes that was pretty much like the whole like pregnancy journey and then at my i forget if it was officially like the 40 week it appointment was. okay yeah. so that was like two days before my official due date um so we had it was actually at a different office it was at the downtown office um so I had a different doctor that I had never seen before and, but that was pretty normal. Like I had seen at this point, you know, six, seven doctors. Yeah. Cause it's a group. Yeah. And they did like a cervical check and I think I was at like a two. So you were kind of surprised. At I was that dilated point. to a two. So I, yeah, I was surprised because you know, I had been having like minor, minor contractions, like nothing crazy. Like it was very clear, like you're not going into labor right now. You thought you were going to be going super late just mm -hmm. cause like first... a first time mom, yeah. like that's very typical. Um, but then she told me I needed to be induced because my blood pressure was high and I was like, what the heck? Like, Oh, it's been high a... this entire time. And it wasn't any higher than it no, ever I was think before. It was, it was lower than it so, had been. So she actually said like, yeah, like, they should have. They At 38 weeks, usually when your blood pressure is this high, like we, a lot of doctors will recommend um, that Induction. you be, be induced. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, okay, like... I don't know why they didn't... Yeah, and she literally said like, yeah, like you probably should have been induced two weeks ago. And it's like, Yeah, well, like that's crap. very scary. Yeah, to be told that. like, yeah. And then saying like, you know, how swollen you are, like it just all makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it was... It's just so frustrating because 
I had had high blood pressure like the entire time and no one had ever like made a big deal out of it. And it's just happened to get this one doctor that yeah. said like, oh yeah, you're being induced. And I don't know if it was just because like your due date was right there, but. Well, yeah, she told me that I was going to probably be induced like the next day. So we had like that night to kind of prepare and <laughs> they said um, I would just get a call like when I would be induced because we didn't know which hospital it would have availability and we so like uh, when in the day yeah so we ended up getting the hospital that i wanted which was really nice and then it was for 6 a.m so they basically the said like morning basically had what like a 10 hour notice of yeah of like hi like you're going to go have a baby tomorrow yep. um yeah so that was insane that was a whirlwind yeah so that was the pregnancy experience for healthcare. i mean it was honestly like a crap show. Like I, we got so lucky that everything ended up being that's fine. What I'm because saying. if something was actually not fine, I feel like these doctors would have never have known, never would have no. looked, never would have checked. No, and we also had a lot of issues with. I didn't feel her kicks until I was twenty six weeks pregnant, which is very very late. And they were always like, they were like, oh, oh like, next it, time, yeah. like you'll you'll feel it next time. And like, I I kept not feeling them. So then eventually they were like, okay, if at the next one, like we're gonna like look at something, and like, sure enough, like the couple days before that appointment. But yeah, but it was like when they keep saying like, oh, like yeah, most people do feel it in the next couple of weeks. So by the next one, you should be fine. You should be fine. You should yeah. be fine. So it was just a common theme to just kick the can it's down just the like, road push like, it off push hopefully it off, i push don't off. hopefully i don't have to see this patient next time and hopefully literally. it's somebody else's problem literally and it's like there's so many people who like have miscarriages and like because they're not listened to like, during I, these no. issues you know? yeah oh my god yeah so that was not great obviously and then going into the hospital experience so i was induced at 6 a.m well, you were admitted at 6 a.m. Oh, yes. You're right. Yes. I was admitted at 6 a.m. on November 17th, 2022. Um, so, <laughs> it was so funny. We found out later that I was literally the only person to give birth that day in that hospital, which I was so shocked by. Like, it was so quiet. Even when we did our hospital tour. It's just empty. Like, it was just, like, silent. It's almost creepy. There's, like, empty halls. Like, I don't know if it was just, like, that hospital, noise. but... I was very surprised. I don't know. Everybody got their babies out during the COVID baby boom. and I guess, yeah. Um, uh, for labor, my nurses were super nice. I had the same one all the way. From check-in all yep. the way. Yep, yep, up until delivery. And then I had different ones, you know, once I was moving to the recovery room. Yeah, they they broke your water. No, the doctor broke my yeah, water. Yeah, the doctor broke your water after being there for about an hour because mm-hmm. they struggled forever to get you hooked up to an IV. Mm-hmm. You said that was like the most painful part for the first couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a freaking IV. <laughs> I mean, that part. was the most painful part besides like, you know, obviously contraction. But um, yeah, the doctor was there to break my water and then I didn't see her again until I was pushing. Because it's a... They have multiple locations around mm-hmm. the metro. So she was somewhere else. So she went to another hospital. Yeah. Um. As far as my birth plan, I didn't have a very complicated birth plan. I think pretty you much... You put a lot of time... Let's be honest. Okay. People should know that you put a lot of time and effort into trying to... I mean, I did... They had, like, a template that you could fill out. Yes. Which I filled out, you know, all the boxes. I've done... Your 
with your personality it's like oh i want to like have this wanna, cute like, little thing filled out yeah. with all my all my information and then you get there and you're like i literally just i a, literally don't care yeah but just the fact that i had the birth plan and i gave it to the nurse and i don't think we really even like looked even at look it. it well she i think she looked at it she's like okay honey like what's the I think one she asked, most, like, the one most important yeah, thing. She said, what's the one most important thing in this? I don't remember what she said. And I said, an epidural. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all right, yep, that's all we kind of need to know. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I was able to get that epidural, thank God. Because but you were induced, I, it, it was you very were hooked up yes. to an IV Pitocin, and Pitocin. To, you know, those artificial hormones that, you know, kick your body into gear. So it was a lot more you, intense than it would have been well, if I went wouldn't have been able to like walk around or go in the bathtub exactly. or whatever yes. other people do. Because like they broke my water do. right away. You can't go in the bath after your water's broken. So it was different. You know, I'll be curious if I'm ended up being if I end up being induced, um, for the next pregnancy if that happens and if that's you know I really follow a birth plan more, but. I don't know, that's pretty minor. Yeah, we pretty much just watched movies. You tried to struggle through. Yeah. I I think I was at a three. I was dilated to a three when, you when I was admitted. So then you struggled through on your own. I think I just la- labored up Pitocin. with Pitocin for about three hours with, like, you know, no drugs, no nothing. So you watched Frozen 2. Yeah. And uh, part of Black Widow, I think. And we watched Black Panther. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that the second one or the first one? It was the first one. Because the second one had come out like a few weeks before. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it was not on... Uh, um, yeah, so I labored without drugs for three hours. And, and then they got nowhere. Literally, they checked me and they're like, mm, yeah, you're still a three. And I was like, oh my god. This is like, it's not even helping to like not be on drugs. Because I, I don't know. It's kind of like in my brain. I was like, oh my you, god. Like, you were just so like, tense and you like, were in pain. and. Well, I was just like, well, like, women, like, labor, like, all the time, like, without medication. Like, people, like, want natural births. Not that I wanted a natural birth, but... But you knew, like, I you didn't... weren't, like, going to be, uh, like, super dependent on... Yeah, I didn't want to, like, have to be on an epidural the entire time because it can wear off, which I didn't want that to happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, after that, I was, like... And you were tough. You were surviving. You are strong. I mean... I needed drugs by then. So I got fentanyl at the three hour mark, I believe. And I think I labored for another three hours on the fentanyl, mm-hmm. which was honestly, it didn't do much. Like it's kind of, you're just like just slightly, out slightly out of it, but you're still in such incredible pain. I think I had my eyes closed for like essentially six hours straight. Yeah. At that point, like you weren't really doing much. I was just getting you water. Like it was literally just like, I would you squeeze. squeeze Cole's hand like and and lay there attraction. on your side for and, three hours. Yeah, and I would have to, like, go to the bathroom by myself, which I should have had you come in with me. Because having contractions by yourself going to the bathroom... It's a little scary. Yeah. ...is, like, you, you're you just standing there, like, trying to wash your hands, and, like, I don't have anything to clench onto. I think I just, like, almost broke, like, the freaking toilet paper dispenser. <laughs> yeah. Like, trying Rip to, like... off the wall. Trying to, like, you know, like, you know, have some relief from the pain. But yeah, so I labored with the fentanyl for another about three hours. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I need an epidural. And they measured you and you had made some progress. Yeah, right? I was at a six at that point. And they were like, okay, great. And then we'll get the anesthesiologist in here, which I was like, my worst fear with pregnancy it wasn't gonna was that I was not going to be, well, not my worst fear. One of my worst fears is that I wasn't going to be able to get an epidural. 
and the or it wasn't gonna work or yes like... so they they came up they did it cole literally almost passed out because i was you had dumb and i was busy not thinking about myself at all which is you know obviously i'm the least important part of this subject yeah, I almost passed out with seeing that giant needle go in your back. Yeah, which obviously I didn't see it. Very high gauge needle. Yeah. So then I, uh, so you were I, like kind of situated. I'm like, all right, I'm running out of the vending machines, getting food, blah, blah, blah. And really, like, by the time I was up, like you had been saying, like, you had some pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been having some hip pain. And they were like, well, that's not normal. Like, we're going to have to have them come back to readjust the epidural. I was like, okay. So I came back, they readjusted it, like, and, and, then, it, and then it was fine. And then, yeah. And then you're just like, still which, out of it. Which but... still with the, the with the epidural, you're still having contractions through that epidural. So you have to sit on like the edge of the bed. You have to sit so incredibly still, and like you're in pain. So I was constantly like tensing against that pain, and they're like, don't move, like don't tense, don't fight it, like yeah. don't fight it, like because let your body we're, work. We're, we're putting a needle in your back, and it could, you know paralyze you yeah <laughs> like if we mess this up so while they're so while you're having contractions i'm like holding cole's hands like trying to be so still like while this contraction is happening while they're shoving this needle into my back Blech. oh my god it was insane and then yeah so i had the epidural and then about like 10 to 15 minutes after they adjusted it because i was having that hip pain i was they like came back in and because i guess because they're you're hooked up they can see your monitors mm-hmm. and they were I don't know. They saw something, and so they were checking, and they're like, holy moly. Well, I was, like, telling the nurse. I was like, I'm having, like, a lot of, like, my butt is hurting. <laughs> like, I'm, like, having yeah. a lot of pressure in my butt. And, like, it didn't hurt, but, like, it was just, like, a lot of pressure. And she was like, oh, my, really? Like, this soon? And I was like, yeah, like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, like, that's, like, a sign, like, you're, like, ready to push. And they checked me, and they're like, yeah, you're at a 10. So, essentially, in, like... 15 minutes after once you were hooked up and once like the epidural was fixed yep like I was, at a, I was at a 10 which probably like i think it was from the time i got the like the first round of the epidural essentially it was like 45 minutes till i was like starting to push yeah and yeah i pushed for about an hour and they kind of had you wait a little well because the doctor yes, was at the other... Yes, the doc- they were like, okay, the doctor's, like, not here. Like, she's going to have to get here. I'm like, okay, well, it's not my problem. Like, the baby's going to come when she's going to come. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, like, hold her in for you to, like, Squeeze get here. Yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. So, I remember... I think this was even... No, I had started pushing, and then we were having some issues. Um, we just weren't making any progress. Like, her well, head was Well, I wasn't... It's not that I even wasn't making progress. It was that... She was having some issues, like her heart, her heart rate was rate. going down. Yeah, and they were like, at some at one point they were kind of very concerned, and they were like, okay, if you don't like get her and actually in position in the next like minute, like we're gonna take you for a C section. Yeah, so that was like, I don't know if it was motivating or scary or some combination. I don't know. I mean, where, they, like they changed. You my... were kind of on your side too at first, so then you like. Adjust- no, I was on my back, and then they moved me to my side. Yep, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So they readjusted you. You started pushing, and then sure enough, you're like, oh, yep, there's the head. Like, <laughs> well, it was just like, yeah, like I was that. That was one of my worst fears with birth was that I was going to go through all the pain and all the suffering and the terribleness of like labor, and then have to have a C-section anyway. Worst of both worlds. Oh my gosh! And Which your friend ended up. Yes, having that my anyway. friend ended up having that situation. I feel so horribly for her. 
because oh my god yeah c-section recovery i just i can't imagine like i had a i'm sure i'll have an episode about postpartum just in general at some point because yeah. that's a whole nother ball game but man i was so fortunate i didn't have to have that c-section so okay. i think i pushed for about an hour honestly the head was there like yeah it was just she I, took her sweet time i like, wasn't offered like stirrups or anything to push into i was just kind of letting like the nurse and cole were holding my legs and that's what I, they suggested yeah, yeah and i didn't have like any leverage i felt like i was like i couldn't you know like get like the full effect of the pushing and i wish they had offered me stirrups or i wish i would have known to ask for stirrups like i will definitely be asking for that next time yeah. um and funnily enough i thought that you know like birthing a baby like pushing is going to be like the most painful like most excruciating part of the whole process it was the most least painful because your epidural because my epidural was like full in (laughs) like i didn't feel a single thing i was just like pressure it was just like a lot of work to like you're just tired i was just just straining (laughs) yeah just tired but i wasn't in pain it's like that was something i was not expecting um so that was you know the doctor got there like once i started pushing and they were like push like you know and you were making like, I didn't really know what I was doing because when you have an epidural, you can't really feel much. Like, it's pretty numb. And you couldn't see that. And they didn't ever tell me, like, okay, you're having a traction, like, push. They were just kind of like, yeah, like, push when you feel like that. I'm like, well, I can't feel anything, so that's not helpful. So then they were, like, kind of looking at, like, the monitors. And but I feel they like... could tell when the Pitocin spiked, which caused you. So then you were pushing in unison with. Yeah, but I feel like they didn't do that good of job with it because they no, weren't but, telling me. But once they, like, kind of got that cycle going, you made, like, it was pretty good. It was pretty quick. I don't know. I think I blocked out I, yeah. a lot I of mean, it. I kind of did too. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, that wasn't great, obviously, but it was the least painful of all of it. And at that point, I was like, I'm just so ready to, like, meet my daughter. Like, it's just, like, so <laughs> You just want to be done. <laughs> I just wanted to be done. Like, I, I, naive little Rachel was like, okay, like, once birth is done, like, I know, I know postpartum is, like, going to be hard, but, like, it'll be fine. And spoiler alert postpartum was the worst part of this whole experience would you so rating everything from finding out pregnancy to now i mean i think postpartum was the worst birth has been like the easiest Birth is the easiest and pregnancy was the second worst yeah which is like i mean because birth at least for me the induction was only like 12 hours yeah it was less than that i think that was like a seven hour eight hour labor yeah from like you know getting hooked up um so yeah pushed and pushed and pushed for about an hour and then you know lo and behold guinevere luca sigler is born she was six pounds two ounces i think they said she was 20 inches long which we found out at her uh three days her two-day appointment they're like no she's 19 inches long the hospital like measuring things just aren't accurate like okay well that's great that's lovely that's lovely um but then the most dramatic part of this was once gwen was born I I didn't know this until after it happened, but I had a postpartum hemorrhage. So it's essentially like you hemorrhage, you know, when your baby's born and it's just excessive blood loss. And when that was happening, um, once Gwen was a, born, I believe they put her on my chest very briefly. And then, like for 15 seconds at yeah, most because was, they like yeah. really wanted to get like down stitching, in action, yeah, stitching, yeah, getting, yeah. getting and, you fixed up. Yeah. So then they put her on my chest and then they took her away and, you know, did all her tests and, uh, Cole, Cole, went, Cole went with her. I mean, it was in the same room. 
Yeah. And, you know, they just took it to the back of the room cut and the did test. You cut the cord. And then I was just kind of laying there just like, I'm just like, I mean, What's I was, I was, on? I was very prepared for, you know, there'd be stitching and like them to be down there for a while. And I was totally prepared for that. What I wasn't prepared for was for the doctor to say, where is the hemorrhage kit? And the nurse is saying, oh, we don't have one. It's not in the room. And then she's like, very sternly saying, go get like, the hemorrhage kit. I need that, kit. like, I need that right now. And I was just laying there like, I'm, I can't feel anything. I still have the epidural. Like, I can't tell what's happening. At this point, I'm just holding the baby like, okay, like, what's going on? They kind of just told me to go stand in the corner so I'm out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like freaking out because I was like, I mean, people, people die from birth every day. Like, the U.S. is one of the worst maternal mortality rates in the, mm-hmm. like, in the developed world. And I was like, I mean, I was, I... I I'm was, constantly watching, like, your heart rate monitor yeah. to make sure you're, like, your blood, my blood pressure, pressure is, I was like, like I was like, I literally was, like, cold, like, like, I just, am I, like... And we, like, kept I, making eye contact, yeah, like, and I'm, okay? like, and I, like, keep looking at him, like... It's the same as it's always been. Like, I know I'm not a doctor. I can't read everything. Yeah. But I can tell, like, when your blood pressure has not dropped from where it's been this whole time. And especially no, And with, no one was telling me anything. No one was like the doctor. The doctor was just working so quickly. Like, they had that, like, drama with the, the kit. They ended up getting a kit. But then I was just laying there just, like... 45 minutes, probably? Yeah. And I don't know what's happening because I'm still numbed up. Yeah. And... <laughs> And then afterwards, she was like, okay, I'm done stitching. Like, sorry, like, I didn't have time to, like, update you on, like, what happened. Because I needed to move. But I'm yeah. like, you could have a nurse or someone else in the room tell me. There was probably, like, six, seven people in the room because, at that point. Because, again, you were the only birth of that day. Yes. So it was basically, like, all hands on deck. The entire floor yes. was there. Yes. And thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you had a postpartum hemorrhage. Like, it's under control now. And you had, like, second degree tear, internal tearing. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. And I, she told me, she told me I lost 1500 milliliters of blood because essentially they like have all these, you know, lab pads. I'm a Grace Anatomy. (laughs) So I didn't know what any of this, like, so you were like educating me. Well, it was just funny. And I was like, I was just watching them like pull all these massive, like essentially washcloths full of blood. And then they like put them on a scale and they weigh them to like see how much blood you lost. And so that 1500 milliliters of blood is... For a non-pregnant person, I believe like a third I don't of remember. your blood volume. It's super high. It's very high. I mean, and pregnant people, you know, have more blood, but that's still an incredible amount of blood loss. So they were like, "We're gonna give you a blood." Oh trip. yeah, because you were lightheaded. You were throwing up during this because yeah, because after, of the blood yeah, loss. Yeah, you know? yeah. They they hooked up a blood transfusion. You know, after they had the stitching. Everything was all fine and dandy. And um, during the I think it was right after they hooked up the transfusion. So obviously I hadn't gotten the blood back, but I was like, I'm feeling like super sick. Like I was like, I'm going to throw up. So they got me like a, you know, a barf bag and I puked my guts out because I was just feeling so sick. Even though you hadn't blood. eaten any, hardly anything all no, day because you you're not allowed to. during an epidural yeah. or yeah. Cause you not an epidural, but they don't want you eating with the possibility of you having to get anesthesia yep. for a C-section. Yep. Um, so that was great. That was not expecting that. That was very dramatic. Um, so I probably had that dr- blood transfusion. It took about an hour for that blood to get in, back into my body. But at least you were able to like order food eventually. And you were yeah, like... that was the best part. Was I hadn't had like deli meat my entire pregnancy, and I had I had a big fat 
turkey sandwich with pickles. With pickles. And they were good pickles. Oh my gosh, it was the most amazing meal. It was so freaking good. So it was kind of like finally some calm. Like, oh, it's just mm-hmm. like our little family again eating our first meal together. Well, kind of, but mm-hmm. it's like after it was like two, three hours of yeah, screaming. Because so, I think like I I remember I did breastfeed Gwen in the room. Yep. But it wasn't ideal because I had like either blood hooked up to me. Like yeah, I had so free. many IV things. I was like, I literally like, I want to hold her, but I was like, Cole, you have to take her. Like, I feel so faint. Like so I remember be- <laughs> right before I had, before I threw up, like she was on my chest and I don't know yep. if she was nursing. I was just holding her, yeah. but I was like, Cole, like, please take her. Like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. And I mean, everyone was like, at least the nurses were nice, but like I I don't even remember. What, I think the doctor just skeeted out of there. Yeah. Like after was, like I was stitched. She was like, "You did great. Like everything looks good. Um, they'll take care of you." And she was like, oh. "Yeah." <laughs> like okay, bye. Like I'm glad. I don't know, but yeah, it was a crazy experience to say the least. And definitely it could have been worse. I mean, obviously. 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 Like, I could have had a C-section. Like, something could have happened to me or to Gwen, which we're so thankful nothing did. Yeah. And, but, so the interesting part about, so she was six pounds, two ounces, which is a pretty small child. Like, a pretty small baby. And I'm convinced that she was that small because um, of preeclampsia. So they basically postpartum diagnosed you with preeclampsia yeah. for the for the basically entire period of the pregnancy yeah i didn't find this out till literally i was leaving the hospital but i looked at all my paperwork and it said diagnosis preeclampsia and if you didn't like weren't nosy on your own paperwork you wouldn't have even no. seen this and so I, like for I, future pregnancies you will note that but if you didn't personally yeah. read through your own chart yeah which like not everybody does yeah like you and would, it's not available it's not available online yeah. like it's all of my hospital records are not available through the patient portal i have with my like primary care physician and all the other appointments i've been to which i think is so messed up all your medical things should be interconnected especially considering you chose the ob group yes because it's you the chose provider. the hospital so that there was all in unison, yeah. all through yeah. the same provider. Oh my god. Okay, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so that was birth, and then postpartum. So after I had the blood transfusion and dinner, my lovely turkey sandwich, um, I had um, a diff- the nurses switch shifts. And I will just say, my nurse I had, like, the entire birth was, like, so great. Like, I forget her name now, but shout out to you. Like, you were great, and... I think that's kind of a... Nurses are kind of the silent heroes, I think, of most medical experiences. Um, Especially... So this... The one that replaced the one I had for labor, she helped me to the bathroom for the first time. Um, And because I'd had the the bleeding, um, I was put, like, on a little, like, scooter thing. Like, I was kneeling on it, and she wouldn't let me walk to the bathroom. She kneeled me over to the bathroom. And you just dripped blood all the way over. And I just drip, 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 drip. Like, blood just constantly flowing, like from you know down there to when I got in the bathroom and that first like pee or going to the bathroom after having a baby is like the most disgusting like scary like body <laughs> you don't know what's ha- like, happening down you're just like dabbing like you can't wipe because you're in so much pain but just like dab 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 and then I came out of the bathroom I think or I 
pulled the cord and was like, yeah, I'm done. And I just see her like wiping up my blood. Like, <laughs> She's the, like, oh, don't worry. Like on it. the floor. I was like, oh my God. Like, I know this is your job, but like, and I'm used to so it, but... sorry. Like, oh my God, that's crazy. Um, so I had nurses help me to the bathroom for, I think at least about 12 hours after Gwen was born, just because, you know, I had, you know, had the blood loss. They also did a lot more, um, checks with me than I think they would have with a normal delivery. Yeah. Um, they do this thing after you have a baby where they push on your stomach to make sure your uterus is contracting and you're not like continually expressing blood. That... I think was one of the most painful parts of having a baby. They did it in the delivery room. They did it multiple, multiple times in, in the recovery room. Um, just to make sure like I wasn't, you know, going to hemorrhage again. Um, so I mean, it's their, it's their job, but that was so freaking painful. I was not expecting that after like you were done. (laughs) Yeah. Like I knew they did that like right after you had a baby, but I didn't know they would continue to do it. But I think that's just because of the hemorrhage. Yeah. Um, so I was moved to the recovery room and as far as like the healthcare experience in that room, I think it was, it was, it was pretty good. Um, we had like a call button on my bed that I would always push, um, if I needed anything. And I pushed it honestly quite a bit because we had some breastfeeding issues at the beginning and I also needed to be, yep. I also needed to be helped to the bathroom at first for a while. Um, we were having... But it was pretty quiet, like you were one of the only mm-hmm. uh, people on the floor, so yeah. they were all attentive. Yeah, I think there was, like, only, like, a couple times that I had to wait a while. Like, more than five, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. which, I mean, for me having, like, holding a screaming baby who's hungry because she was having latch issues, it felt like an eternity. Forever. But, I mean, it was nothing crazy. Like, I wasn't waiting for long. I think I only double-called, like, maybe once. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. When was... She breastfed pretty well for, I think, the first maybe 12 hours, maybe. We did the football hold because that was what was working best with her. And then it all, like, went to hell. Like, she was like, I do not want this. Like, I... I don't know like, what I can't, I, can't, I, still don't. I can't figure this out. And I was like, I just want my baby to be fed. Like, I I didn't care if we had to go to formula. But, I mean, I wanted to try to nurse, you know, as, you know, try everything I could. And I think I, when she first started, like, really fighting that football hold, a nurse came in and she gave me a nipple shield, which is essentially, like, a silicone cover that you put over your, your nipple that, um helps the baby grab onto it easier especially because I had you know larger nipples <laughs> compared to you know a baby's mouth especially she was so I had a very small child um so she was having a hard time with it and at the time I didn't think anything of it I had heard of nipple shields but I hadn't really done much research into it and so I was like cool like it it worked really like right away and I was like thank god like I just want her to be fed and like happy and I didn't realize till later when I talked to the lactation consultant that nipple shields can be kind of controversial, um, that they can, you know, cause supply issues and supposedly, you know, they can cause, you know, some bonding issues because it's not, you know, directly um, skin, skin to skin. It can help, um, affect your milk supply of just like, like when it comes hormonal in. Hormonal communication. Yes. Which I wish I had been told that before I was just, you know, like given one. 
because as a first time mom, I yeah, I did yeah. I didn't know. I was just like, surely like, I'll try anything. Like she's she's, she's hungry. Yeah. She's hungry. Like I'll try anything. Um, so that was that, and then in terms of the uh, other things that happened in the recovery room, I was on a uh, pretty like constant dosage of Tylenol and ibuprofen on like a strict like Motrin and Motrin I took them you know on a I forget the exact timeline but like a four to six hour alternating timeline and they had that posted on my whiteboard of like when I was supposed to get those next drugs and they did update those those uh boards when they uh gave me the drugs because you know they can only they have to track all that pretty diligently but I had to remind them multiple times of like, hi, like I'm due for Tylenol. Yeah. And like that was kind of annoying to like. You're the have one to that had to be it. in control of. Yeah. 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 They weren't very like proactive yeah. about your medication. Mm-hmm. Right? And like with Gwen's feedings, like she was supposed to eat every three hours, which is kind of crazy because three hours. She between... barely goes that long. Well, sometimes. I'm just saying like, so say she ate at like 12. Like, she started her first feeding at 12. That means her next feeding would start at 3, even if she took an hour to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was really only would have, like, a two-hour break sometimes, or, like, an hour and a half even. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I would have, to, or they would post, like, Gwen's next feeding time on that board. And I had to call pretty much every time and be like, hi, Gwen's due to eat. Like, and, like, I'm supposed to be sleeping, so, like, so you're you're talking like during the one night that we sent her to the nursery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, and mm-hmm. sometimes by the time she got there, it was like almost four hours because mm-hmm. you would yeah. call like fifteen minutes before, and they would some it would take an hour sometimes, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary. And, it's like, and, where's my baby? Yeah, and like right away, the nurses I think were supposed to come in every time you fed just to make sure it was happening and like everything was going okay. Yeah. And I had to call like every time no. to be like, hi, like she needs to eat. Which I thought was Which, like, weird. I was trying to get as much sleep as possible, so I wish that would have been more proactive. Yeah. Well, it just, it just prolonged everything that we had to do, so it's like, if a feeding was only, you know, even if she was efficient at eating, which she wasn't, like, even if it was only supposed to take 15 minutes, okay, we called 15 minutes, so we wait, um, mm-hmm. and then they needed to go get, like, something, and then... They come back, okay, eat through that, and then, you know, so it's like, every time they tried to do anything, it took, like, an hour and a half, two hours, and mm-hmm. then And then by, by the time but... you, like, you have, like, an hour, and then you have to feed her again. Yeah, so it's and, just and it's not like she's sleeping, like, the entire time. Like, I was trying to sleep as much as possible, but you were up quite a bit, just kind of trying to soothe her. Yeah, I didn't sleep. Yeah, I don't think you were slept much that first night. We ended up sending her, I think, the second night... For, like for, a good, for a good chunk of the night like four just hours. to get some sleep but again they had to bring her back for me to feed her and I had to call to be like hi bring my baby back Yeah. so that was frustrating I just don't think they're like all too concerned with uh, the timelines and the schedules and they're just like yep babies are babies well like, I mean and that, that's fine but like as a first time parent like I just wanted to make sure she was okay yep and I ended up meeting, I think this is just kind of, at least at the hospital I went to, um, they bring the lactation consultants in to see you at least once, um, just to talk about everything. And she was the one that brought up the issues about the shield, like the nipple shield. And, you know, that was the first time I had heard of that. And just 
talked you through everything. So they were great. And you ended up, like, seeing them after, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll talk about that in my postpartum at home section. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Just, I had to, I was making my notes for this, and I was like, yeah, like, there's actually a lot that that went into the healthcare version, like, part of this. Yeah. And. That's why it's a whole episode here. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a big part of our lives. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the lactation consultant, she told me about the shield, and I was like, oh, I'm going to keep using it, because it's, it's, it's the only way she'll eat. Like, you, we really didn't want to have to go to formula, yeah. at least that early. Yeah. And she recommended um, pumping after the first feeding of the day to help with potential supply issues. And you had a big, like, oversupply at first, mm-hmm. so you were like, okay, yeah, like, mm-hmm. keep, let's keep it up. And then yep. Because I, did I, when did I start pumping once in the morning? Because I still do that, and she's 11 months old. I don't know. Probably, like, a few weeks in. Like Yeah. I think it was kind of after my supply regulated, maybe after she was about two weeks old. Yeah, that sounds about right. And because I was, I remember I was trying to pump, you know, like, right away after we got back. Like, maybe, like, three days after she was born. And I called that, like, and they were like, number, no, and they were like no. you don't need to do that. Like, you have so much milk. Yeah. Like, you're fine. You're, like, I was using the haka, which was catching, you know, like, honestly, those first couple feedings, like, three ounces, three to four ounces. So you were, you were building up quite the stash. Yeah. Yeah. Just from that. But, yeah, the lactation consultant was great, especially in the hospital. And then I did have one nurse who, not the nurse I was with the whole time when I was delivering, um, but one that was there when I actually gave birth to Glenn that came in and checked on me, which was really nice. Because mm-hmm. I think she was, like, there for that. The hemorrhage situation was, like, you know, just wanted to check on A me, which, was, which yeah. was really nice. Um, Yeah, back to the paper, <laughs> the paperwork stuff about the preeclampsia. I was given, you know, like, they give you so much paperwork at the hospital. One of my biggest tips that I saw from, um, like, people packing their hospital bags was to bring a folder to carry all the crap you get and I was like that was a great tip because we definitely use that um but that was yeah when I was told I had preeclampsia on that form never was officially verbally told I had that um and you know as soon as I saw that I was like oh my god like that all makes sense (laughs) everything makes sense like her low birth weight like the high blood pressure it it showed it showed me my urine levels and I had excessive protein in my urine. It was like when they tested ten it. to twenty times more was, than the like rate like I don't think you're the supposed threshold. I don't think you're supposed to have protein in your urine at all. No, it was like the the threshold for when they would like diagnose you with preeclampsia. Yeah. It was like ten to twenty times yeah. higher than that. Yeah. So that was really scary. I was like Thank God everything was okay because preeclampsia is such a dangerous yeah, condi- condition. Not anything to just brush yeah. under the rug. Yeah, and I would have drastically changed like my lifestyle had I known that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You ate so. No, great. no, not the eating. The like activeness oh. because like I was like on chairs and like hanging up like Christmas lights and like all these things because she you was were nesting like crazy. Yeah, and I would if I had known that I would have definitely like been laying down more. <laughs> just actually maybe gone on bed rest like, yeah like i might have like you know like had to go on bed rest i don't know yeah but i definitely learned in this experience that you really have to advocate for yourself which is so crappy like you shouldn't have to do that they should 
tr- actually like trying they, to take care of you. They but. are the medical professionals. They are the experts. I'm not a medical professional. I am not an expert. But they're you're just another. You're, I'm just another another patient, another patient paycheck. Number, another patient number. Yeah. Another paycheck. That's that, that's trying how, to that's how I saw it. Push through the system. So. Yeah. So yeah. At I, least in this giant hospital corporation that we went through maybe it's probably a lot better if maybe the next time you go to like a smaller midwife group you know stuff like that birthing centers that are specific to but i don't think it matters because the paperwork stuff was at the hospital no but i'm saying like it's just a like a part of these large hospital just in general corporations like there's some birthing centers that aren't that's true um that's true hospital specific i should look into a birthing center i'm just saying like but also it's like i would never I I mean, do whatever you want. Birth is such a personal journey. But I would never have a home birth personally because, you know, especially... All the stuff that went wrong. Exactly. Like, like I'd be dead. <laughs> like We would have been booking you to the ER with a five-minute-old baby as you were gushing blood. Yeah, like, I mean, potentially, like, I would, like, I could, like, not be here. If you had I chosen a home birth and, and it not had the same been situation. able or, to have a doctor or, stop your bleeding and had a... Well, or, like, I mean, I was this close to a C-section. Like, and and that could have, you know... rushed you then? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think... It's just such a big risk that I am not going to take ever. No. I think... I don't think people talk about the fact that, like, how risky birth is. Like, for you and your child. Like, so There's a reason why, like, maternal birth rates were so high up until, like modern medicine you mean maternal death yeah i mean even now even now yeah like it's it's so dangerous people have to advocate for this well and i think that's i think that's a big part of it Mm -hmm. is you have to advocate for your own healthcare, and when you're and if something because if something was actually wrong during all of this never wouldn't we wouldn't have known and And i would whatever happened would have happened and they wouldn't have yeah yeah and they just kind of hope that everything's fine and that it's less work for them. In yeah, because that's like the ultrasound thing of they don't, they literally didn't do an ultrasound after she was 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. She could have, like, we would have found out that, like, she had died from, like, a Doppler. Yeah. At and, any point. And, and that's where And they, she could have been dead for weeks. That's just, that's the reality. Isn't that of... awful? I was so nervous with this pregnancy of just something bad was going to happen to her. I feel like I couldn't fully commit to the idea of having a baby until she was physically here and like <laughs> breathing was, in my arms. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that was you know the just because you didn't want to get let down. Not let down. Not I mean, worse than let down. I, you know what I mean. You didn't want to have. Like, I didn't want this to thing fully give were... in to loving her until yeah. I knew that she was okay, which was I mean just such a terrible mindset to have. Yeah. And it made pregnancy that much harder. That you couldn't enjoy it. Yeah. Because you wouldn't let I was just, yourself Because I was just it. scared something was going to happen to her. And something sh- statistically should have happened to her. Because I had no prenatal care about the preeclampsia. Yeah. Because no one told me and, and no one tested for it. And... Yeah. Like we're... I, I thank God for her every day because, <laughs> I mean, she, like, realistically would not be here. Um, yeah. So that was the hospital. And then, fun times, fun times. Yeah, fun times. So, and, oh, no, there's one more thing about the hospital. They give you paperwork about postpartum depression. 
um, at the hospital, which I um, have had, you know, like history with depression, history with anxiety. So it was something that I knew that could probably flare probably, up. Yeah. Probably flare up during postpartum. So I was prepared for that. Um, but they give you some paperwork and I remember filling out the paperwork and was like checking like the boxes and was like, I mean, I'm having like some feelings of this and no one ever followed up with me about that. No, no. Like, the, like what was the point of filling out that survey? You know, ne- like no one ever no. said anything. And to I you had boxes again. where like, yes, I feel like sad and, and suicidal and like all xyz i don't think i had filled out that by then okay but still but like, still there was no like, what was the point <laughs> yeah like i don't know what i thought was one last thing at the yeah. hospital i thought it was funny like we like we're really sure on like the discharge process like about going home oh, like yeah. when that happens just because like the like we ended up not getting to the room until like almost after midnight mm-hmm. like on that like the recovery room mm-hmm. so we didn't know how long so we, we how there. we were supposed to, how long we were supposed to stay how long we could yeah. stay whatever like mm-hmm. we wanted you know nurse help for as long as possible mm-hmm. right and we just like kind of casually mentioned like oh like what does this look like and they were like oh discharge you ready and we're like uh and then they're like we're basically like all right yep pack up like you're ready to go <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they, they just really shoot us out as soon as we were well, um, yeah, because I I think with, it. like, a vaginal birth, you get 48 hours, but that's from when you move to the recovery room. So, supposedly, we got, I like, think, because that's when the baby's born. Yeah, we got, like, barely 36. Yeah, we didn't get 48, which was completely fine, because I think we were ready to go. Yeah, it was fine, but, like, it was just, I just thought it was kind of funny. They, like, we were just kind yeah. of, well, like, I think hey, they what also... does this even look like? And they were like, oh, you're ready to go? Bye. And, like, literally, shoot out the door. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Do you need us to pack up for you yeah 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 oh the food how's food oh the food okay you got three turkey sandwiches i got three turkey (laughs) sandwiches i got three turkey sandwiches i definitely should have ordered more food than i did because it's like you're paying for it so like you might so like you might as well like get as much food as possible yeah, I mean... I think you ate some of... They even said, like, oh, yeah, order enough for, like, everybody, whoever I know. was there. I and, should have. And... Oh, I wish they had fries. That was the one thing. They didn't have fries. You just have to be healthy. What did I even Low get? Low sodium. Like, like omelets, a burger. like, pasta, like... Did I get pasta? I Mashed potatoes, green beans. Yeah, they had good I mean, breakfast options. It was only a few meals, so if you got three turkey sandwiches, yeah. you didn't really have too much <laughs> opportunity to get anything else. So. That's true, that's true. It was more than three meals. Not many more. I don't know. It's just, it all blurs together. You got breakfast and then yeah. turkey sandwiches for the rest. I guess, I guess. Oh, man. We're, we're recording this at like 9.30 p.m. Because Gwen took forever to go to sleep. So we were just kind of waiting until she actually went to bed. So we're trying to wrap this up. But we've only got, so postpartum at home. So after we left the hospital is kind of the last chapter, I think, of you know, the healthcare journey with, you know, having a baby and you mean the lack of healthcare, (laughs) the tea, literally. So with, uh, having that hemorrhage, they were like, okay, you're gonna, you need to schedule an OB appointment for two weeks after you, you, uh, she was born. And I went in for that appointment and I don't think they checked me at all. You said, they said, oh, how you feeling? You're like, oh, I think everything's okay. And they're like, all right, you're fine. I think I was like, yeah, I'm in pain. They're like, well, yeah, that's normal. You just had a baby. 
but like they didn't do an exam. It's like what was the point? They didn't of... check a single. It's like thing with how hard it is with a two week old baby with a schedule. You like we went out of our way to go all the way yeah. up here. Like yeah. So that was useless, and then, I think more typically is you have an appointment at six weeks after you have a baby and that one was with was downtown with the same midwife that I had had for the other appointments and this was the first experience I did not like her <laughs> like I was like okay like you were good for pregnancy but now I'm kind of just like mad because I said I was like having pain stuff and she kind of was like yeah you just had a baby like I I think she did an exam and was like yeah like it's healing fine I was like well it's so painful like <laughs> Can you tell me what to do about that? That's the thing where it's like there's just not much you can do. No. And what really made me mad was they were immediately pushing information about birth control. Yeah. Just like the second like. Just like I was like, okay, that's not even like remotely like a conversation. That you asked to have. That I asked to have or want to have. And they were just like, well, like these are your options. Like da 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 da. Like, that was the whole point of this experience. Yeah, which is essentially just meaning that it's all about the male experience. Like, yeah, like, my husband, like, has to get back to, like, having sex with me. <laughs> which is, like, ridiculous, and, like, that's not how you are at all. But I was just mad because I was like, I just had a freaking baby. I'm still in incredible pain. I'm telling you this, and you're like, oh, yeah, you're fine. Back to having sex yeah, with you. Literally, I was like, <laughs> okay, goodbye. Like, Oh my god, I was so mad. And I have my little baby with her, like, with us there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, does that baby look like her parents are ready to, like, start having those relations again? Oh man. No. Oh my gosh. And then I think I had another appointment at eight weeks, because they told me to schedule that. And, you know, in the midst of all of this, I had been having, you know, pretty severe symptoms of postpartum depression. I had, you know, it's so weird, like, looking back All on the it. symptoms. But, you know, I was having, you know, like, thoughts of, you know, just, like, the normal sadness and anger. And then, you know, like, those more extreme thoughts of, like, suicide and, you know, like, harming myself. And not harming Gwen, but it was definitely, like, adding to my frustration level of of when she was having latching issues or yes and like being like not napping well and like just being overtired i was just get so like mad at her and be like and frustrated i'm like scared i'm scared that like i'm going to hurt her because i'm so frustrated and i just had to like set her down and walk away which is like so sad looking back on that i couldn't enjoy those first few weeks because i was so depressed yeah which is like something that like i know a lot of people experience postpartum depression and it's not necessarily talked about from, you know, a normal person's perspective. You know, there's, like, clinical, you know. They, they talk about it at the doctors, but, yeah. like, you've seen how crappy that is. But, like, I definitely experienced that. And I, you know, I told my doctor about that at that eight-week appointment. And he was, they like... They're still just so dismissive. Well, I think he was, like, oh, yeah, like, that's pretty normal. Like, here's a prescription. And I was, like, okay, but, like, I'm, like seriously like having very suicidal thoughts and they're like as your doctor saying like oh yeah you're fine oh and then i didn't even write this down they they prescribed me my prescription i went to go pick it up wasn't there 
And I had to do that like three times. I had to call back and forth and back and forth. And I was like, for, I, I could have been for, dead by now. For days. Yeah. Like if this was. It was like over I mean, a week. It obviously is something serious, but like if it was. It could. Yeah. Any more like at what point would like someone. I don't know. No. That is so incredibly but again, messed up. Like if you just would have been like not advocating for yourself, not having to basically. Diagnose Every, myself. Well, everything short of getting on a conference call between the pharmacy and the doctor saying, give me my medication yeah. that you have prescribed me. Yeah, like, because I called the pharmacy. They're like, oh, we need your doctor. Called the doctor. They're like, oh, it's the pharmacy's issue. Yeah. and Someone then, needs to figure this out. Yeah, for, for over a week. And, yeah. Yeah. And we have enough um, other things going on with this tiny little, yeah. little monster. Yeah, and like... That was right about in that time was when I was going back to work. I was going back to work. I started having major uh, milk supply issues. So So that was, that was adding to the stress. We were like, I was like, I'm going to have to like switch to formula or supplement with formula. I was really lucky that I ended up, you know, I pretty much had Gwen on my boob any chance I got. And that kind of helped regulate it and but get then, it back on track. But then all you ever did was hold her for naps, hold yep. her to feed her, yep. and... Pee. And that didn't help <laughs> with, like, I couldn't have a life. Like, I think when you were at work, I held her for all but 10 minutes sometimes of the day. Yep, because... Because I just, I wanted her to, like, gain weight and be healthy. Yeah, and, but now what would you give to just be able to let I know. her, that she would <laughs> oh, let you hold gosh, her for... I know. I know it's so like wild looking back on and but the healthcare world just going through this journey is absolute garbage scary it's it's terrifying like there's so many points in this journey that I could have had major major health complications and probably should have and as well as Gwen and they didn't care no no (laughs) It's just a very dismissive, very push-you-off attitude in most situations. The yeah. hospital was by far the best experience I had. And even that wasn't, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I also got in, when I was having the supply issues, and even I think a bit before that, um, I was just, you know, there's a difference between actively eating and just kind of like nursing for comfort. Um, so I was just trying to check in on that and I ended up seeing the same lactation consultant I saw in the hospital, um, which was really nice. And I think I went to about four appointments with her when I was having those issues. She was very nice. Um, I mean, it, she was kind of helpful. I mean, I didn't know what questions to ask, um, to make it, you know, completely like life changingly helpful, but she told me, I mean, she's the reason I'm still nursing today. Like, I really think so. Because yeah. she, she told me, you know, to, like, like feed her anytime possible. Like, that's, to be fair, that did cause other issues with, like, her <laughs> naps and things. And, you know, we ended up having to do sleep training because she was so used to being nursed to sleep. But I was just trying to boost that milk supply at any cost. And boost her weight because she was her in, like, the third percentile yes. for weight at one point. I, like, yes. Like. Like, her doctor, her pediatrician was like, okay, like, you like need to start, the... like, supplementing with, you know, like, pumped milk. Like, every... Or in the first couple of weeks, she was, like, doing pretty well, like, 25th percentile after being born, like, at the even lower, 10th, 15th, something like that. But then, like, yeah, dropped straight down to, like, third, and then mm-hmm. for a few months, it was, like, below the 10th percentile, and now she's mm-hmm. 
She's, I think she's in like the 30th. Yeah, so now she's... She's very regularly in there. But yeah. yeah, shout out to my lactation consultant. And they also had like a phone number that they give you where you can call with any questions. And that phone always got answered. Or they always return my call very quickly. Like, the lactation people were more attentive and helpful... Than my than, OBs. Than the people that are supposed to be caring for your livelihood. No, but I think... It's like, your I milk think, is more important I th- no, than... <laughs> I think what it is, is, like, people care about the baby more, more than, than they the care mother. about the mother. Yeah, it's probably the root of it. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. I... She went in for her first appointment when she was two days old. Yeah, and for you, you weren't seen for... I mean, most people aren't seen until they're six weeks. Yeah. And that is such a major hormonal shift of you're pregnant, you have all these hormones, and then suddenly they're dropped. And then you're just stuck. Like and a major life and, change. And you're friggin'... I mean, some people are literally cut open. Some people are, you know, have a vaginal delivery and are stitched to heck. You're just ripped apart from the inside. And you're expected to care for a tiny human. Of course you're going to have issues. And we were and, lucky enough that I was, like, working from home at mm-hmm. the time, but uh, Most not people all don't moms have that. aren't, so, like, a lot of times you're on your own. Yeah, and, yeah, that postpartum period was, for sure, like, one of the most trying parts of, you know, our lives. Yeah, looking back on it, it's like, man, we got it easy now. We, we have time for podcasts. Literally, <laughs> literally, I would have killed to have, like, 15 minutes to myself back then. Literally, just to poop on your own. <laughs> and then I will the one last thing with the lactation consultant she also helped me wean off of that nipple shield um, so I I believe I stopped using that when she was three or four months old we took a trip to Florida and I don't think we took Mm-mm. I took that with me and that was when you she did was, it as like an emergency yeah and that's when she was four months so I think it was about three three and a half months it was about when I was heading back to work Yep. That we weaned off of that thing. And I think that also helped with the supply issues. I also think the nipple shield probably caused more issues than we think. Because I, even now, which is so sad, I feel like I don't, I didn't develop that, like, instant connection and bond with her. Through the, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it or what, but. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't nurse at all and obviously have great bonds with their kids, but I think there were a lot of factors that came into that. I mean, she was like a surprise baby and the depression and everything and, but obviously, I mean, she's our world now and it all worked out, but Mm -hmm. I think the moral of the story is that it probably shouldn't have based on all of the healthcare and lack of healthcare I got. Lack of effective healthcare, I think, is the right phrase for that. Like, we're lucky we're both here and, like, healthy and, like, functioning people right now. Mm-hmm. A lot to be thankful for. A lot to be thankful for and a lot to, you know, raise our voices of. And I will definitely be a better advocate for myself next time. And I know there's a lot of people who have... <laughs> In a few years, babe. <laughs> but I think there's, you know, a lot of people who have similar situations and I definitely have a new understanding for you know my mom and moms in general that I I think people especially when she was first born people were just anxious to always see Gwen nobody really cared and no one really cared about me and that definitely didn't help and 
now when my friends have babies and everything, You're I'm very, baby. I'm very much about like, how are you? Like, what can I do to help you? Like, I know your child is going to be taken care of because that's a parent's first priority. But what can I do to take care of the person who brought this child into the world? Mm-hmm. Because that's not prioritized as much as I think it is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Episode two. It's a long one. It's a long one. I think it's a really important one, though. And oh, yeah. I hope it, even if it's just, you know, for our years, um, I mean, if there is a next baby, I hope we can look back at this and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, these are the things we should do to make this a better experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, well. Because inevitably, we'll, we'll forget how mm-hmm. some of the details went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts about having a big, I mean this is very me centered but I mean having growing a child I'm, is very me centered I'm not uh, you're not yeah. the star of the show no never will be yeah yeah I guess we'll see you in the next episode I think our next episode you're gonna give spoilers well I was trying to think did we have we planned that out uh huh what are we doing tomorrow <gasps> oh yes okay I won't give a spoiler but hopefully a more um Let's just say that I won't speak now about what we're, our next episode's going to be. Okay, bye guys.